Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and today we have a new co-host. Say hello, new co-host. Hello, new co-host. Good man. <laughs> I like a parrot. And what is your name, good sir? I am Chris Matthews. And Chris is joining me today on a, uh, I want to say a different episode of Adam, but actually Resurrections, but actually this is more like an old school one. We are covering an issue that Adam does not appear in it at all. He is not in it. So, and we are talking about Iron Man 55, the first appearance of Thanos. Because I'm going to be doing uh, the next two episodes. We're going to be doing the Thanos annual and the Thanos uh, original graphic novel. And mostly because Adam's supposed to be appearing in both of those. And also, Thanos is just such a big part of Adam's life, or he will be once we get to the Starlin era, that I really felt that covering his first appearance was warranted, just like when I covered the first appearance of the High Evolutionary. Well, you're hitting it here, because this is Starlin. Sure, we're actually getting to Starlin era early. Oh, man, it's first appearances galore in this thing. Exactly. So, let's get started by, we're going to cover what happened in this issue, and Chris is going to handle that. So, take it away, Chris. Oh, it's my turn already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, what we got here is Iron Man number 55. It's written by Jim Starling. I mean, this guy... Is he's he's all about Thanos, you know? I'd say he's got more time in writing about Thanos than anyone else in this table, you know. But only like one or two issues, of Iron Man. I'm afraid it's uh, Mike Frederick does a does a scripting on it. Um, Jim Starlin pencils it, and uh, Roy Thomas, one of the great editors, edits this thing. Anyway, here's your uh, here's your synopses. The book opens up with a brand new character. Attaining some obscure locale we're not even privy to. His name is Drax the Destroyer. He telepathically reaches out to Iron Man to warn him of the menace of the Blood Brothers. His warning comes a bit too late for Tony Stark, wearing his classic red and gold armor. He's already facing off against his two alien siblings. Iron Man's determination, however, is not enough. He's captured and returned to some desolate hideout underground, a half a continent away. There... Drax is now being taunted by a shadowed figure who basically says he knows of Drax's telepathic warnings, but such things are futile. Drax vows to escape, and the cliché villain taunts him. We shall see! Ha ha ha! It's, it, it's all he gets in a return there. Yeah, this, this prompts a little flashback where we learn that previously the incarcerated Drax has tried to gain help from Shellhead and only caused him like a big headache. Tony leaves his boardroom, dons his armor, figuring that'll ward it off. And then the Blood Brothers come in after him. But still in the, in the flashback here, you know, I swear, like half of this book, I think, is a flashback. Oh, yeah. Well, now we're in a flashback in the flashback. Yeah. Gold Track <laughs> starts recounting, like, uh, you know, uh, the, a moon off Saturn called Titan. The natives of that paradise world, the Titans... They're, they're helped by this living computer, Isaac, and ruled by Mentor. He had two sons, Eros, who one day he'll become an Avenger, fight alongside my buddy Iron Man. And, uh, um, and, and he looks a whole hell of a lot different than Starlin does him in this thing. Or maybe it's just the inking. Not quite sure, but I think it's a little of both. And his brother Thanos, who this is all about. He, he decides, he tries to take over Titan, but he gets banished. Thanos scours the galaxy, collecting mercenaries into an army 
that he then comes after Titan once and, you know, more with all of them. Well, Mentor asked the entity Kronos for help. This is Kronos' first appearance, too. He's got, like, one panel in this whole book, and you know nothing about him. He's not even, I don't think his origin's even given until, like, 1980 or something like that, uh, eight years later. Yeah, Kronos' uh, origins come for, for a little while, at least, I think. So, anyway, so Kronos decided to help out Mentor. It's one time he could ever do it, he says. He draws forth Drax from the land of Titan and endows him with life and a purpose, the destruction of Thanos. So battles ensued, and although Drax was kicking ass on the henchmen, facing off against Thanos on a living planet, they destroyed. But this allowed Thanos to take him hostage. Then the flashback gets a little screwy, because it, it, it was supposed to be informing Iron Man of all this, and Drax finishes up with Iron Man being captured and saying his warning was too late. Well, that was when it looked like that's when, because Drax was flashbacking about when he gave Iron Man the flashback. So now that he, that was when the Blood Brothers attacked Iron Man, and then we're back in the first flashback. So it's a flashback. You were right. I guess it was a flashback because I, I was totally screwy for me. I was reading. I was like, <laughs> wait a second, because you know Drax is one, but it was almost I'm too late and. But I thought he was giving all the images to him at that time. Because then only was he remembering what he told when he met, you know, contacted Iron Man. He's remembering what he told Iron Man. I thought that's kind of what the thought bubble at the end probably meant. Maybe was was that it was changing the course of the flashback into a something else, you know, just for that 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 one panel. But I don't know. I nitpick. Well, anyway, it's, it's all just a big plan called Project Freedom that that Isaac and Mentor have figured out to do. That's why they told Drax about getting up with Iron Man to give him, you know, any type of message if necessary, I feel. And uh, they take him, you know, when they're taking Iron Man in, he gets away from, from the Blood Brothers and gets up next to, you know, next to Drax trying to free him. He hits him with a Unibeam and doesn't, feedback knocks him back and everything. And that's when Thanos comes in to, you know, rib him a little bit, because that's what he does. He's Thanos. He's like, ha, you didn't have a chance, you little bastard. You know, then Project Freedom comes into play. You know, the, a bolt out of the blue is fired from Titan, going through a telepathic coordinates from Drax, and hits Iron Man's chest plate. And when it does, his Unibeam goes off with great power and blows, blows apart the shackles. And Drax and Iron Man are able to make short work of the Blood Brothers at that point. And then Thanos stands forth, ready to destroy them all with a pull of a lever. And they stop him before he can do so and find out that he's just a robot. Thanos had gotten away and left this robot duplicate and a booby trap that would blow everybody up. But they escaped just in time. Because that's what, you know, superheroes do back then. And, uh... And then they then they shake hands and part ways. That's pretty much the whole thing. How do you like it? Yep. So that's the first Thanos. It is. Although you you brought up a point to me uh, before the show. You were you were saying that maybe it was just a robot the whole time, and I was just like, no, Thanos was really there. How could he not be? Well, considering fact, Marvel considers this the first appearance of Thanos. I and Jack says that Thanos must have flipped away. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with the fact that yeah, it was Thanos. He just left probably when they were fighting the Blood Brothers. Oh, I yeah. think so. Oh, just one add-on before we finish the synopsis. Uh, the book has a cover date of February '73, 
and it looks like it came out in October 72, just to give you an idea, people an idea of when this came out. Okay. Yep, that pretty much covered, that's the synopsis, pretty much covers everything about the issue. So, and now we can start our nitpicking. Oh, I, I, I started straying away from my, my synopsis about halfway through. <laughs> yeah, it works. All right, so let's start the cover. What did you think of the cover? I like the cover, but I'm a, I like good old-fashioned, you know, 1970s, uh, the red and gold armor, you know, it's awesome. But yeah. the, blood, the Blood Brothers are like a bunch of apes, and Drax is rolling in just like in a classic Superman pose. Exactly. The funny thing <laughs> is, I'm thinking Thanos doesn't get the cover. It's Drax and the Blood Brothers. Yeah, that's true. And who's the big one now? <laughs> oh, check it out. I was watching uh, Marvel's Avengers Assemble on Netflix, and they had the Blood Brothers in them. <laughs> and they caught the Blood Brothers in there are supposed to be uh, two interstellar um, wrestlers, if I'm not mistaken, who have hired themselves out as mercenaries. And it's not even to Thanos at that point. It's somebody <laughs> else, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to remember which one was Avengers Assemble. Was that the first cartoon they did, or the most recent one? No, this oh. is the most. This is the most recent one. At least the most recent one on Netflix. Um, yeah, who's so. is, is it? Falcon on the team. Yeah, this is the one with the Falcon on the team. Oh, okay, it's like when they rebooted the show then. Yep, they okay. made it all post, you know, post movie Avengers. Okay, yeah, no, I got tri carriers and all that stuff. I actually, I've, I've just sat, I just before this cast got finished watching the final episode of the series. I believe it is. It's, I, I don't think they ever go over a couple of seasons. I've heard making these cartoons nowadays. Yeah. So you do two years of it, you put it out there, and then you reboot something else. And that seems to be the norm that I've noticed in you know, most cartoons. Yes, very sadly. For Young Justice, I hold my drink high. Yeah, after that, so there's 26 on there. And I have to say you have to watch it because being an, uh, you would enjoy the final scene in, in, the, uh, in the show. Well, I plan to watch that eventually, but I really did like the series they did before that. Oh, that one was awesome. The only thing that sucked about it was it took too long to get them all together. It took, like, they almost did, like, an episode apiece, if I'm not mistaken, for the first, like, seven or eight episodes that were just individual. Which, don't get me wrong, that's really, it's it's nice. I loved watching them and all, but, you know, as somebody who's follows a lot of Avengers stuff, you know, I'd rather just have the whole team, you know, there's so many stories out there. To well, yeah, up. but that's, that's because you watched it as like on Netflix or something, right? Uh, no, actually I watched the last series when it first came out. I mean, not, not this last, not the most recent, but the one prior to that, oh, I watched that as it came out. I remember the one they did prior to that, those four or five episodes, cause they put them together as episodes. But what they did was for like two weeks or three weeks before the show premiered, they had like every day they would have like a five, six-minute short featuring oh. the different characters and then bringing, the, you know, bringing to the point where they were ready to start that first episode and then that first episode did have them all together. And then when they when they redid, when they actually like would rerun it later or put it on Netflix, they would put those shorts together as an episode. And that's why it's like four or five episodes before you actually get to the meeting. I don't remember much of the of that, though. Yeah, because I remember I thinking like this was pretty cool because like you got like one day like a three like a five minute Iron Man short and then there's a Thor short and Ant Man short. Uh, I remember seeing like a full. Oh, I saw. All I remember seeing at one of you know beginning of one of these was like 
a full episode of like a Captain America one, a, a Thor yeah. one, an Iron they, Man one. They put them together, and in fact, they even changed the order. I must have missed it until then, then, because that didn't come out on anything I normally watch, any channel I normally watch at that point in time. It was like nothing had come out in so long, cartoon wise, except for Young Justice had come out. I think it was Disney XD. That's it. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they had them in different order, like because the orders are on the episodes. That's not the order they were on. They like they had them in different order. Like they would have like a different character each day. When they put them together in ep- as an episode, they would just put like you said all the cap together or all the Thor together. Yeah, I miss that channel. They had such the coolest stuff. But that was a great show either way. Oh, well. love that show. My favorite part. I mean, we'll get back to the point, uh-huh. you know the issue in a minute. But my favorite part of that show was the very beginning when they would do, like, the end of the theme song, and they would show you, kind of like the old cover box, who was in that yes. episode. Yeah, I remember that. You know, so if this episode was Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, and Hawkeye, you would see those four standing there. Didn't it? Didn't didn't they do the same thing on, like, the first season or whatever of Ultimate Spider-Man 2? The uh, same kind of thing at the end? Cause, but it was kind of, you know, it was it, it was more kid-friendly, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't remember. Kind of, you mean the one that has uh, Iron, like, him joining S.H.I.E.L.D. and you know, Iron Fist this, and Power This Man. guy has Nick's, Nick's Fury's, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. of approval, and if they do, like, the specs would come up, and then you'd see little cut scenes. Yeah, no, no I know which one's talking about. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember if they did that. I never noticed that they did. Uh, look, we're digressing quite a bit, just for yeah, a couple of we got a lot to get cover here. We went from Iron Man to Iron Man on TV to, Iron, to Avengers cartoon to Spider-Man cartoon. All right. I we'll can do back. that all day long. That's why you're going to have to come and do the podcast with me. All right. Let's get back. So we're on the cover. We got <laughs> okay. really far in. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I like the cover, too. Um, unfortunately for me, this is towards the end. Of my favorite part of the Bronze Age is when they do, like, those panel covers. Where like, uh, they have, like, like they had the one image in the middle, and they have, like, a big, like, one-color border around it. Uh-huh. So, and like here, towards the end of it, because it says, because like the, pan, the, uh, the image on the cover takes up the latter, like two-thirds of the cover. So you still have the, the, the top part there. You have the really big, invincible Iron Man with the full page, you know, the full image shot of Iron Man there as like the little uh, cover box thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, that goes away in a month or two completely. Oh, no way. Huh. Yeah. I never noticed that. Yeah. If you look well, at I mean, this is like 72. This. this is before I ever really started reading. You know, any of the Iron Man stuff, or any Marvel for that, anything, actually, I guess, if you really want to get technical. Yeah. So, all right, so, moving on to the first page, like you said, we got Drax and Chains here. That's and a nice, nice picture. It is. The only, my only problem with reading old stuff with Drax is that he looks wrong to me. Yeah, they changed him so much over the years. Yeah, I was introduced to him in Infinity Gauntlet. I was, was also. Like, so, he, he's like the big, dumb Hulk-looking guy. I, I I mostly remember him from, uh, um, what is it, Warlock in the Infinity Watch. Yeah, and that's what he was, like this Hulk. And he had guy. the power gem, and yeah, he was more yeah. oafish. He seems, I'm not used to the unintelligent Drax at all. Okay, I have no problem being intelligent. But I, but I have a so feeling that's what, is, is, isn't is that what we're going to get in like Guardians of the Galaxy, I think? Well, the thing is, after the... They got they changed him from the intel the the whole flight tracks to the one we have in the Guardians of the Galaxy comic now. He is he is smarter now. He's not as muscle bound, but he's still a lot bigger than he is here. And so well, I'm still used to a Drax that really is filled out. And this well, Drax is very skinny. <laughs> it just looks wrong. I know, I understand that. Can it's you like love- seeing this, the thing minus a hundred pound minus two hundred pounds. Like he what? is he does always look bulkier in my memory of, as well. Yeah. 
but I mean, that's what we're getting. But yeah, we are getting more intelligent in the movie. But that's also the, the Drax we've gotten since like 2005 has been more intelligent. He's just not as a. He's a bit, he's more vicious. Now, now you know if you looked at the bottom, you see that that Starling did plots, pencils, and character concepts, but he was aided by Mike Frederick, the scripter. Yep. And I actually, I got, I got, I got a little research heavy. I started looking around and stuff. And he wrote about thirty issues of Iron Man back in the seventies, but Which he team? only, uh, what Mike Frederick? Okay. But he only, he only did like he did a smattering of of Warlock issues prior to it. It's yes. like, you know, does he stand the test of time? Does he have? Is is he somebody who's really created a lot of the, uh, you know? With it, because he did some prior script in there. Did he create some pieces that you know you see Adam Warlock in now? Um, not really, and for the most part, from what I know, I think. Now I could be wrong about Mike Friedrich, so if I am, let write in, let us know. But I th- he seems to be more like a just a journeyman writer. You know, nothing wrong with him, nothing bad, but he's not uh-huh. really known for being really creative or having created a lot of stuff. He's just like the kind of guy they're like, hey, here he here's the idea of the story. Work on this. Because okay. while he was working on Warlock and he was scripting it or writing it even, Roy Thomas still had the basic idea of the story and was still the editor. So since it's the same story still going on, which is like Warlock has a uh, like a kind of a religious allegory for in a cosmic messiah. Yeah. It kind of seems to me from what well, me and Jonathan have been reading, it's just kind of like uh, Roy Thomas is still the editor. And he's like, this is what we're doing. And Mike's like, all right, how does this story work for you? What you want? Okay, that works. You can do that. You know, so he's not really so much going on and like, this is what I want to do with Warlock. He's just kind of continuing Roy Thomas's story. Well, in this one, wouldn't it be Starling, though? Well, uh, and this is, uh, but I'm thinking. I, mean, I know Thomas is the editor, so he's well, got the overall vision, but, you know, hit the oh, base. Oh, no, I meant, I meant for the Warlock issues. Oh, oh okay. I understand. But it, but it looks like the same thing here in Iron Man. You think you he's know? just, he's just sort of that, okay, look, here's what I want to have happen. Make this happen. And he makes it happen. And like he I makes said, it happen. He's a journeyman okay. writer. Nothing wrong with him. He's not bad. He's just not, you know, he's not the Jack Kirby guy who's like creator Stanley who's creating all these things. He's just like, you want me to do something with this guy, this guy, and this guy? And what happened? Okay, you get the way? All right, I can do that. Okay. I can understand that. Yep. Al here. Just need to interject a little something at this point in the podcast. Um, When I first started the podcast, I was planning on giving some information, not just about the comics, but the people who created them, the writers and artists, especially the ones who had a big effect on the character, or a long-term effect. And I did that at first with Stanley and Jack Kirby, because a lot of all the stuff that was in the first seven episodes was just them. But now we have other people involved. Roy Thomas, Mike Friedrich, uh, Jim Starlin, John Buscema, Gil Kane, and I realize I haven't done much on them, so I'm going to start by putting in something right now, and since Chris and I have just been talking about Mike Friedrich, I'm going to do a little something on Mike Friedrich. So, Mike was a writer, comic writer, started during the Silver Age. Um, he is not related to writer Gary Friedrich, even though they have the same name. Uh, he actually started writing professionally after writing uh, letters for years during the 60s to DC and basically becoming friendly with uh, editor Julius Schwartz and eventually being getting a couple stories published thanks to Julie. Uh, the first story he did, although it was actually the third one published, was a 10-page Robin backup story that was published in Batman 202. His other first two stories actually were published were from the Spectre number 3 
and a Batman story from Batman 200. So we've been started writing stuff for DC, uh, Teen Titans, Challengers of the Unknown, Detective Comics, and The Flash. Uh, now here's something he did. In Showcase number 80, he reintroduced the Phantom Stranger, who had had a series in the 50s, but only very short-lived. So he didn't create him, but he did bring him back to being used. Uh, he also wrote the Justice League for about a little over a year, almost two years actually, issues 86 to 99. And he was one of the first ones to apparently make, put himself in the book and make a camera appearance and break the fourth wall. So that really hadn't been done at that time. He also scripted a story, his name is Kane, from House of Mystery 180, in which the penciler, Gil Kane, stars as himself as an artist drawing for DC and then venturing actually into the actual House of Mystery. And actually, when Alan Moore was writing stuff for um, Rob Liefeld and did the miniseries Judgment Day, which was supposed to redo the whole awesome, as that was, that was the title of his company, Awesome Universe, that actually was one of the last stories he did for it. it was, uh, his name is Kane. It was a little anthology book showing the different characters. And the whole book was penciled by Gil Kane and even featured Gil Kane. So that's kind of cool. So that's one of the things that Alan Moore actually was, uh, went back to and uh, to cop, well, not copy, but homage was this Mike Friedrich story. Um, and then he moved to Marvel after a couple of years. He scripted every issue of Iron Man but three of them from issues 48 to 81. So despite what me and Chris were saying before, I guess he had more to do with the character because he didn't just do, if he just did an issue or two or three, that's one thing. Then he just was doing a job. But if he's on for that long, even if he's only scripting and not plotting, he's going to have have some influence on the characters, on their motivations, on the way they we view them, because just from the way they talk. So he did have more to do with Iron Man, at least, than we previously have just guessed. Possibly also Warlock, even though if Warlock was definitely Roy Thomas's story, and in episode two we'll get more into who Roy Thomas is, in case you didn't know. But he must he still must have had something to do with it, maybe... Um, possibly how the uh, direction went, maybe, or at least uh, how the character sounded. Now, apparently, now, of course, I'm getting this from Wikipedia, but hopefully it's correct. If it's not, let me know. Anyway, his, uh, apparently his most important contribution was uh, his 70s anthology series, Star Reach, uh, which was an independent pub, uh, comic that he produced and was a publisher of. Uh, it says here he was trying to make it as a ground-level comic, not an underground comics like something from uh, Robert Crumb, and also not a mainstream book, uh, kind of in between. And apparently they did 18 issues, and for this he won an Inkpot Award at the 1980 Comic-Con. This apparently was one of the first places that a couple creators like Michael Gilbert and Dave Sim, Tyra Chaikin got their uh, exposure in. So that's a couple of important creators that he helped get noticed. Also, and this one I know, up until 2001, for 15 years, he was the uh, owner and operator with a partner for WonderCon from San Francisco, which is one of the big cons of the summer in California. So I did not know that. So it doesn't say if he's doing anything right now, but okay, that's a bit more of an impressive resume for Mike Reedrich. And he obviously must have a... It's interesting how much he's had to do with Adam Warlock, actually, because it says he also was the scripter helping Jim Starlin... When Jim Starlin took over Captain Marvel, which is where a lot of Thanos got his uh, early characterization and appearances from. So he does have a lot more to do with these characters than we realized. So, Alright, I'm going to stop here now and I'll let you get back to past me and Chris probably talking about more things we don't understand or know about.
flames of the Second World War burn across the globe. In the European theater of war, the Allied forces push back against the evil of Nazi Germany. And pushing our boys ahead at the front, no band of brothers fought harder and more ferociously than Sergeant Fury and his howling commandos. Marvel Comics immortalized the courageous exploits of Sergeant Fury, Dum Dum Dugan, Gabe Jones, and the rest of the elite fighting unit. Well, hell, heavens and Metroid, here they come now, Sergeant Fury! Look alive, you gold bricks! I'm not fighting the war by myself out here. What do you think we're gonna do when the Nazis actually show up? Come on, you boys, march! Wahoo! The Sergeant Fury podcast will follow those gripping stories of combat and bravery from the beginning. Join Brian Zeno and Dion Baia every other Monday as they dig into Marvel's classic Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos issue by issue with humor and historical insight. Wahoo! The Sergeant Fury podcast is available on iTunes and at furycast.podwits.com and is part of the Podwits Podcast Network. Face front, soldier! Wahoo! But, um, so anyway, we made it to the first page still. <laughs> yep. Oh, I think we're done with that page, unless you have yeah. more on it. No, no, no. All right, so now we're in the next page, so we got Iron Man getting the crap kicked out of him by the Blood Brothers. Oh, man, look at it, though. It's just so it's so violent. You know, that there must be 20 pieces in the table that he destroys, you know? That, that thumb of when they smack him right square in the jaw is just, you know, you can feel the force coming right off the page. Yeah, and going with this page, and we'll just do this page and the next together since it's the whole fight. They fight, I have to say, as much of a joke people might think of them now, they fight well. I mean, they work together. They, they fight as a team. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, I, wanted, I, I looked them up, like I said, uh, because I, I, I did a lot of stupid research. I looked them up, and uh, actually, um, you know, I, I gave you the one from Avengers Assemble, but their origins in this are they are... Uh, two brothers that are uh, basically mercenaries. So they're, they're in Thanos' army, you know, what remnants of it there are. You know, I, I gather after all this, because Drax has been taking them all out. And yeah. uh, these guys are left, were left over, and they actually get stronger the closer they are to each other. And the Blood Brothers in, in 616 continuity, I guess as you call it, uh, one of them is now dead. The last time the other one was seen, I can't remember if they have separate names and what they are, if they've ever been listed. Uh, but the last time one of them was seen, he was working. I think it was um, uh, after. I want to say uh, he uh, he was working for the Hood in the Hood's organization when he had the Norn stains back oh, in wow. Civil War time. That's the last time. That's the closest time I think he's been seen. When Bendis is doing New Avengers, damn, that's yeah. a couple years ago. Oh man, dude, when I heard all that, I was like, "Wow, I got to go check that out." Because I don't, I don't remember ever seeing one of these guys, you know, oh. at least in this kind of an incarnation. I want to see what they did with him art-wise now. Yeah, well, it's not a new. Well, it's a new appearance, but the old appearance, sort of. I'm pretty certain in the Thanos Annual, they're both in it, but that's because the Thanos Annual takes place uh, around like Captain Marvel uh, 34, 35. Which is like a year, year or so after this. Well, I think I looked it up. I think it said that this was the first time the Blood Brothers were, were in. Oh no, this is their first appearance. I'm saying their most recent appearance, actually. They oh, just, most they, recent. Oh yeah, yeah, it could be the you know what we're our research of fan, may not be up to date. Yeah, no, they're in the Thanos Annual, which came out last month. Both of them. Yes, but that's because that issue takes place back in this time. Oh, it's a flashback issue. Yeah, the okay. issue takes place. The Blood Brothers and Thanos 
go from this issue to appearing in Captain Marvel, like issue 25 or 26, which, which came out about the same time as this. Uh-huh. And they fight him. They're in there for about a year. It's like issue 34. And then after that, that's when Thanos, after that, shortly afterwards, uh, that's when Jim Starlin, because he was doing Captain Marvel, left the Captain Marvel series and went to doing Warlock and brought Thanos over then. So the Thanos annual takes place in between the Captain Marvel run and the Thanos, and this Adam Warlock run. Well, I've got a question for you. Has, something I never really thought of. Has, did Captain Marvel and Adam Warlock ever meet? Think. So you're not, you know, just just off the top of your head. I think they meet at the end of Warlock's life in the seventh. Uh, in the okay. In the uh, Avengers, I think that big issue. With, yeah, I'm uh, pretty, the Duck, yeah, Duck. the Avengers annual and the uh, Marvel Two and One annual, which ends with ends Adam Warlock and Thanos for you know the seventies at least until they come back yeah. to the Gauntlet. So it's not really spoilers, but not really because they'll be back. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna love getting into these soon. Yeah, but I think he's in those. But as far as I know, there is no appearance. But as far as I know, War- he doesn't appear in any of the Warlock series. And I know Warlock doesn't appear in Captain Marvel. So I have to say no. Uh, okay. Except for that one time. Well, that would be a good issue to write one day. Yeah, that's the one time they meet, is right when Warlock dies. And then Captain Marvel dies shortly afterwards. And they've met post-death, but that's it. But anyway, uh-huh. so yeah. Yeah, that's anyway. That's like, recently. So okay. we're on page three. So they beat the crap out of Iron Man. And I like how they say they have to say job done, leader, because you know we can't reveal who the leader is until we do the big reveal. That's Even right. though he's a new character, we can't tell you who his name is. Got to keep that suspense going. And there's a lot of damn panels on this page. There are, and luckily they give you arrows to help you out. I know eleven panels. It is. It's it's a mess, but I don't know. I guess it. The arrows really make it helpful. <laughs> oh, they do. I mean, it's just, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of panels. Well, you know, you're trying to tell a big story really quick. I don't know. Well, you know, I guess they could have taken the fight down to, like, one panel. But, geez, that was, I mean, seeing Iron Man bust through that table is just so awesome. Yeah, well, they also, I mean, he didn't have to show every scene of them taking him away. They didn't have to show dragging them off, calling the ship, getting in the ship, ship taking off, ship landing. Well, you know the, the the two the two panels on the left at the bottom, they could have completely gotten rid of those. Yeah. And turned that bottom spread into another three panels, and that would have been that would have been just fine. Yeah, I'm also. But I just think I, I just go, hey, more Starling art. We get to see a little, you know. Oh art. yeah, I'm not complaining. Complaining. I'm just saying it's like, wow, you know, like maybe didn't need that many panels. You know, okay. might have been squeezing a bit too much in. Okay, look, I've got a question here. <laughs> At the beginning, supposedly Drax is, is sending this, you know, telepathic message to him from half a continent away. Okay, so they basically all all they're doing is going to like Arizona <laughs> from New York. That's it. Is that where Iron Man's? Uh, I believe. I, I think. I think Stark Enterprises actually did it. Say it in the beginning. Um, of the flashback, no, they don't. No. But it's Stark Industries, and at this point in time, I'm pretty sure he's still on the East Coast, you know, exclusively. Okay. Because everybody's in New York. It's not until after he has his big fall and everything that he ends up heading out to Silicon Valley and stuff like that. 
Okay, so he's not in California yet, right? Yeah, so he's, you know, that's, it's like half a continent away. Okay, so you're going to like Arizona or, you know, you're, you're in the backside of a mountain off of El Paso. Exactly. Because <laughs> like it just says, you know, to a southwestern, desolate southwestern landscape, Arizona desert, I guess. Yeah, I guess, you know, then it's like um, salsa. I'm surprised the Hulk didn't show up. Yeah, because he's like the main one who really wasn't in New York all the time. <laughs> yeah, he was the one who's always tripping around in some desert somewhere. And I have a question now because they also use a lot of caption boxes to tell you know to you know here to tell you what's going on. Yeah, but it is kind what of do you think? Bird. Do you like it or like, do you hate it? Or I don't. You know, I, I I really I don't have a preference on it. I mean, it's like well, here's the one thing. What is it? And there's light music in its rise to orbit. So it's like elevator music's going off while they're going up, too. It does help you paint your entire mindscape of it for it, you know. Then full orchestration as its achievement of near escape velocity. Yeah, I don't I know mean, if I would want them to do this now, like, right like this. But I do kind of like this Bronze Age, like, poetic license they took. They did everything so flowery in the 70s, it seems like. I guess it's where, I don't know... You know, if you read Marvel's, you know, late 60s or, you know, the, the mid 60s stuff, when they first started coming out with all these guys, everything was really, you know, straightforward in, in their telling. And then, like, when you get towards, like, the late 60s, early 70s, it's like, you know, it must have been all these closet deadheads or something that were working for Marvel because they everybody got all flowery. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if I would want them to do exactly this now, but I do like reading these at the time, like the, the stuff in the Bronze Age and. I do dig the way they did it then. It was kind of like they were having fun with it. They were trying something, you know, yeah. being a little poetic, whatever. I just wanted to see what you thought about it. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's it's just like, well, it's like when I'm the next page. Let's just move on to the next page then. Yes, the next page, which has the big reveal, or at least of the name of the character, because we couldn't say leader. We had to wait a whole page to find out who the leader was. Yep. <laughs> but, I mean, he's just sitting there taunting him. You know, it's like I could easily have stopped you. I knew you were doing it. Your every move is monitored, but I chose not to because you're a space mate. I mean, it's <laughs> they're you know he's the ultimate. You know, I, I think back to Infinity Gauntlet and stuff, and and I mean, he just he loves taunting people. Yeah, although I will say, at least in first appearance here, he's basically written like Doctor Doom. Yeah, well, I mean, I consider him you know world beater, just as you know on. Just the same level. He's just more muscle than he is, you know, might. I mean, uh, muscle than, than the intelligence part. You know, I kind of see Thanos, or not Thanos, but Dr. Doom is more of the, you know, he's the he's a scientist world despot, whereas Thanos is the, you know, the Genghis Khan world despot. All right. I can see that, too. But, like, he, I know he does use, throw a couple of bars in there, and that's more of a Doom thing than Thanos. Thanos usually, from what I remember reading, doesn't really go with the whole bah. Doom does yeah. that a lot. That's like his catchphrase. That's true. Ha ha, we shall see, Drax. We shall see. Yeah. I can't do the I can't do the voice I hear in my head justice for it. But yeah, he looks very relaxed in that first panel, too. He's got his legs crossed. He's chilling in his chair. Looks oh, like he's yeah. a lazy boy. All he needs is a nice stiff drink next to him. We can't see the other side of him. He might have one. He might. He's probably got Lady Death off to the side if you've, uh, you've read yeah. some of them little reappearances. I mean, because it, in, or not reappearances, uh, the, oh, what is future it? The, yeah, future appearances. Because, um, I mean, it's almost like, it, it seems to me like he's a little schizophrenic. 
It's like watching a brilliant mind, only evil. But yeah, so now this is when we get our what seven page flashback. Yeah, like this? this is yeah, this one's long. He starts off with Tony sending, and it you know it's so weird how they show this, you know, because that's not Arizona going to New York there or Southwestern. Oh, that's nothing like. No, what it's a continent Earth looks like <laughs> at all. Even if you look at it upside down, it's like South, that'd be South America, I think. Maybe, or Africa, actually. It looks more like Africa. Yeah, it does not look like that. Geography was not Stone's strong point, apparently. No. Well, you know, go look on the globe, try to find Latveria. See what it is. Yeah, I have. I have trouble finding it. (laughs) And Magifor, I can't find either. Yeah, I'd love to get there on vacation. (laughs) It's like going to Bangkok. But yeah, so Tony's in a board meeting and he gets his migraine. Yeah. Well, he knows he was mind blasted. I think. No, that's right. He calls it a migraine, but he thinks. Yeah, he, feels he like tells it was, oh, it's somebody. just a headache. But then it's only on the next page you get to see the, I mean, just the the whole Iron Man getting to put on the uniform thing. It's kind of oh, like yeah. I'm a big Flash fan, and there's nothing more I that I love. Then to see the old issues where Barry Allen pops that ring and you see him in various super speed images popping on that costume and, you know, preparing for superhero battle. And it's the same way with Iron Man. And it's always some different way he puts it on now, you know, throughout yeah, the, the issues. It's the obligatory like. putting on the armor page. Although one thing I will say about this flashback, this, I mean, even though it's several pages, it's uh-huh. brand new material for readers. You know, because none of this stuff had had been shown before. It wasn't like 54 starts with the battle between Iron Man and the Blood Brothers. You know, and then we're flashbacking that issue. All of this happened in this Oh, yeah. Issue. This is, yeah. Oh, I actually, I looked at the issue prior, and the issue prior was Iron Man uh, battling the Submariner. Um, and somebody was, oh, I can't remember who it was now. You'll have to look at the issue or, or find it on the... Uh, on on the uh, on the Ironcast, that's where you'll have to find the review of that one at some point. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, but at least the flashbacks all new stuff for people. So yeah, yeah, this is all yeah. I mean, none of this yeah, because that's what happened to me is I saw the flashback and I went oh, and I went back an issue and I went and I looked and that's where I found out it was all Submariner. I was like, oh, well, how did he get from here? And at the end of that issue, it's just you know, just like at the end of this one, day is done. I'm I'm off. You know, so. So that actually, I guess, lends credence to your uh, fill-in scripter. Yeah. You know, that it's, it's one of those, okay, well, we've got this basic thing. We're going to introduce this guy. I might want to use him later. But anyway, let, have him battle him with a couple guys or something, you know, as Benjamin. You know, and that's how it all ends up. And so now we get the part of the flashback where uh, uh, Drax is telling Iron Man the origin of himself and the Titans. Well, did you notice the red uh, uh, faceplate on on Tony at the uh, at the end of the last page. Um, which page? It's um, the one where he's putting the armor page. on. Yeah, where he's putting the armor on. Uh, well, what I'm reading it has it as yellow. It does. Okay. Well, the one I'm reading has it red. What are you reading? Kind of weird. I'm reading it off of the CDs. I have the full the CD collection of of Iron Man's all, oh, the, all the way up. The DVD-ROM so, thing? Yeah, the DVD-ROM thing. So they're all scans of the original stuff. So when wow. he came out, he was he was red that day. <laughs> and, yeah. But see, the last thing, it says, slip my face mask, polarize the whole smear to iron toughness, 
So I sort of give, you know, I just go, well, you know, when he does that pop, you know, that goes that goes to yellow. Yeah, no, I'm reading it on online on the Marvel Digital Comic Unlimited site, and they uh, have it. I guess they, they recolored it. They recolored it then. Yeah, because it's all yellow. That's good then. So Teach anyway, like, their own. <laughs> yeah. so like I said, we're now getting to uh, he's doing his flight. But Jack, yeah, then you can about telling Iron Man about his origin. Yeah, and we get the first appearance, and actually, they're not the Titans, or at least they will be retcon later on. They're Eternals. Yes, they are Eternals. I looked up uh, all of these guys, as a matter of fact. And they're not purple-skinned like they are here. No, no, no. They're all like uh, the later eras that you see in the Avengers is 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 pale-skinned with red hair, and the one in here is yellow hair and purple skin. Thanos is the only one that kept his own skin. And uh, in the future issues, when they talk about his origin and stuff, um, full out, they uh, you know he's born that way. Yeah, I have to wonder. I'm wondering now: is this uh, a mistake? Maybe later on, like were they supposed to be all purple, and then later on when they made them Eternals, they just changed it, or you know, did they forget that they were supposed to be purple and make them, you know, Caucasian, and then later on go, oh crap, uh, let's make them Eternals? Yeah, and Thanos was so much more no, uh, not noticed, but um, he was no, so used. Known, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he's more well known out of all of the, the most well known out of all of them, I guess. And uh, you know, so they kept him that way because he looks really freaking evil. Yeah, I kind of think that they made him all purple and just made Thanos look eviler. You know, That's possible. And, you know, kept it as a race thing that way. And then when, because it, it's it's like another what uh, seven or eight years before you get these guys' origins. Kronos, that you don't—they don't talk about Kronos, and you don't learn that Mentor is actually Kronos' son until 1980. Um, gosh, I had the issue actually up earlier. You can find it on one of the wonderful websites you told me about. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that part. I knew he was an Eternal. Yep, he's—he's he's actually because uh, Mentor's name is like uh, Alar, I think it is, not Mentor. And he's, um, yeah, Kronos is actually Thanos' grandfather. Oh, there's That's a whole family thing going on there. And and now, of course, Kronos looks so much different. I mean, he's got that whole eternity aspect to him now. Yeah, from what I read on him is that he had some kind of accident while working on cosmic stuff, and he's now yeah. like part of space and time. Yep. It's, it was actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Kronos and Mentor that built Isaac, the living computer, that controls or helps control all of Titan. So anyway, we're now seeing. Uh, I'm on page nine now, mm-hmm. which is where we see Thanos' army. And there's two people in there I find interesting. One looks like a purple-faced Thor. Yeah, you're right. Because he has the Thor helmet. Is that is that uh in the back there? That looks like the um, Simon Williams's brother. Oh, Grim Reaper! I didn't think about that one. I didn't notice yeah. that. He actually does kind of, yeah. But I was also thinking of the guy next to him, the big robot. IG-88? <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking of. You ever watch Robot Chicken? Um, Yeah, yeah. You remember the humping robot? Oh, the humping robot? That could be the humping robot. <laughs> you think Seth Green watched this thing and was like, man, I'm going to put that as the humping robot. I think so, because hold on. I, took, I made sure I had a picture of him. So hold on, I'll send it to you. And there we go. And for everyone wondering who they have not seen Robot Chicken, I will put this up on the uh, Tumblr site, a picture of the humping robot. Oh, it may take a few moments. Oh, wait, someone's there. Oh, wow. He does look exactly like him. 
Exactly. A, that is a good pickup, man. I was like, wow. That is definitely a good pickup. So we got Thor, the Grim Reaper, and the Humping Robot from Robot Chicken working with uh, Thanos. <laughs> yep. And then Kronos. Well, you know, does the does the uh, does the guy on the right kind of look like either the Falcon or uh, or maybe uh, what is it? Uh, three dimensional? Is it or is it you know, three dimensional man or three three? Oh, he was an Avenger for a little while. The tricolor man. Or the something. one you only see his face. Yeah, yeah, the one you only see that little profile on the right side. I think it's not done right because the chin's off, but I think that's supposed to be Thanos. Oh, really? Huh. I'm just used to a more rounded nose. But yeah, you're right with those. But that does sound. It looks like red and green. It looks like red with green piping around it. Yeah. It looks kind of like the 3D man or a triathlon. Yeah. Yeah, triathlon. That's what I was thinking of. From when, uh, what, the Buciac Perez run. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Then, then you get to see what uh, uh, Cronus pulling Drax up out of the out of Titan. I mean, that's oh, the way, kind of the way I felt. It was like I just saw Wonder Woman happening all over again, only green and an alien. Well, considering the fact that he gets big on the cover and he gets half the issue, I'm wondering if they were hoping maybe to make Drax like the next big thing. Hmm. Because this is a very much, you know, the villains are in here, but this is very much the introduction of Drax Destroyer. You know, it's a Drax and Iron Man co-starring issue. And he did a big thing on the cover, and I'm wondering if they were hoping that maybe, you know, maybe Starlin was hoping to do a, like a Drax series. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's still years off from Infinity stuff, right? Any of the oh, golf yeah, but, things. I mean, you're. Yeah, but, but he was uh, still doing a lot. Of, oh, this is when he was still doing all that cosmic stuff. You know, he was doing his big uh, Captain Marvel saga, and then coming up would be the Adam Warlock stuff. But anyway, yeah. So we get the partial origin of uh, Drax the Destroyer. Because we get him being created, but we don't find out where his mind comes from yet. Which is just for everyone to know, he is actually an Earthman, Arthur Douglas. That's where his that's whose brain is controlling Drax. Okay, uh, you know, I never knew that, but they called him Arthur a few times in uh, Adam, what Warlock and Infinity Gaunt and Infinity Watch. Yeah, I'm not mistaken, and I, I could never quite figure that one out. He was killed by Thanos. His car, his uh. His wife, him, his wife, and his child were in the car, and Thanos had said was scouting or something. Maybe he was scouting to create the base that Drax is trapped in now. And uh, Thanos didn't want any witnesses, so he blew up the car. And uh, Arthur and his wife died, and Arthur eventually was uh, resurrected as Drax years later. His daughter was ta- taken by a priest from Titan and raised by them, and eventually became known as the Avenger Moondragon. So I guess that was probably all described in the Avengers run. I'm not sure where that comes out. Oh, because I I knew that later on, but yeah, but you know that's that's I, this is a a, a totally uh, different point at, at this point, at a totally different tangent at this point. But uh, the issue prior to this, it had the Submariner. The Submariner uh, uh, basically ended up having to fight Tony because Tony's armor was taken over by uh, this chick, and I on this on this ship, and it just hit me uh, because that chick looks so much like Moon Dragon. That at first, that's who I thought it was, and then it's, it's like Princess Peril or some crap, it's some weird name. But it's you know, it's, it's it's not her, but it looks so much like her. I'm just you know, weird. Yeah, hold on one sec, right back. I do something real quick. Okay. All right, I'm back. Well, that's okay. I was uh, looking up Drax on Marvel.com, as a matter of fact, while you were gone. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it says here that uh, it looks like he had an issue in '73. 
And then he did uh, the Captain Marvel issues from 73 to 74 and was enslaved by Moondragon and was killed in 1982. Then he was resurrected by Kronos again in Silver Surfer in 90. Yeah, so, and that's when we got the uh, Hulk-like but Dumdrax because when he was killed by yeah. Moondragon, he was mind-blasted. So his brain is, that's why he's like, he's a uh, really dumb when he comes back. So it's actually around, and the Infinity Watch stuff is, is 90, what, 92, it says here? Yeah. Watch, and he watched number two was in 92, so, so yeah, I, uh, I didn't really, I, didn't, I never really came into Drax until around 92. But yeah, so, right, at least for now, though, we have a good part, you know, good partial origin for him. Yeah. Whoa, what was that? Well, that's, that was me moving the mic, I apologize. Oh, okay, it just, like, sounded like a ghost thing, like, ooh. Oh, really? Uh, I'll have to... Like, Send that to me. I'll sample that for me and send it to me. Which is like a really creepy sound. Oh, I can do like it all, all day long. on the inside of the microphones. Cool. But anyway, so we got Drax and Thor, uh, Thanos fighting, and the fact that Drax apparently beat most of his minions. And I have to say, I would love a series showing this war between Drax and Thanos. I, I would have rather it's ever been I shown. I would have rather they take those uh, six of those eleven panels from earlier and use uh, use four of them here. <laughs> or three of them all through here, you know. Yeah, I would have liked to see a little more, but you know, this is, it's a, you know, they're fighting on a living planet. The only living planet, there's only like, what, one or two living planets that that have ever been heard of? Uh, if I think only one is Ego, right? Um, Yeah, although... I'm the only other living Ego. planet I know of is Mogo, and that's DC's Green Lantern. Yeah, but does he mean living planet as in... Ego is a living planet, you know, it is consciousness and moves around, or does he mean living planet as in it wasn't a dead world, you know, a rock like the moon? Well, you know, in, in the in the case, you know, you're probably right, and it's just the fact that it's it's not just a moon rock or anything. But it's possible. It, you know, I when I first read it, I thought that way. I mean, not that way. I thought this, you know, I thought living planet, ego, you know, and, and then it gets destroyed. So I'm like, okay, well, it's not ego. But I mean, that, this is like a story waiting to be told now. But but you're probably right. It just means it's a vibrant green planet because living is not in bold. And they were so good back in the day of making words bold during the lettering phase. Oh yeah, but it, it's know, possible. Really it was. I mean, make it pop. But you know, if if you look back on it, you go, hmm, it could be another living planet. I mean, most things are in at least twos, you know, except for collectors. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they've already shown there've been more because if you're reading uh, Original Sin, they've shown a dead living planet. Okay, well, maybe that is the dead living planet. Well, no, they showed it, it, it was. Oh, maybe no. Well, they're implying that whoever the big, big bad is in Original Sin is the one who killed it. That'd be so Thanos. Unless, unless Thanos is the big bad in Original Sin, of course. We'll or see. Drax. Yeah, we haven't, got, <laughs> we haven't got to the end yet. There but, you go. I've already but, given you the reveal. I found yeah, oh. it. Iron Man fifty five. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. If that was true. That would be impressive. But I like we said, I would love to see like a mini series or an issue or something showing this war between Drax and Thanos and his minions. Oh, and his minions too. Yeah, that would be that would make an excellent like a four issue mini series. Because I know they that, did the Thanos Rising mini series last year, mm-hmm. which is like the origin of Thanos. Which that's, I never. That, I, oh, that's the one I'm getting most of my. Little infos of Thanos about because I read all that when I did with okay. Vanity and all that because it um, they it, they brought in this the whole Thanos you know origin with it 
it uh, to such a degree of it's like it seems like there's you know how, how half the time when if, if they write Thanos correctly he's you feel like he's almost a schizophrenic that he sees death next to him and maybe it's not not the incarnation of death as you know it on in the Marvel universe it's it's just his mind playing tricks on him and it seems like they put hooks like that in into the original origin hmm. Okay, I have, to, I have to read that still. I highly suggest reading it. I found it to be well, maybe, a good read, and I'm not a big fan of this guy. Well, maybe he's not seeing the uh, the death in the Marvel one. Maybe he's seeing the hot goth death from uh, Vertigo from DC. Well, it's it's basically that's why he likes her. He sees he somebody. Well, he sees somebody who like when he's in school. He there's only one friend he has, and that friend finds out of the evil things that he does, and but she's cool with it. And and she stays with him like the whole time, and I think towards the end it's sort of like she becomes that lady death, you know, that he you know pulls forth when he gets the infinity gems. Huh. Well, oh, real quick, also since we're on the origin of Drax, he looks like. Did you ever hear the Golden Age character, the the Destroyer? No, I did not. Okay, I'm sending you an image of him now, which for everyone listening, uh, I will also put up on the Tumblr site. And that costume is very similar. So, like, that makes me wonder again if this is, they were trying, this is like a tryout issue for Drax. If they're, you know, making him like a new version of one of their Golden Age characters. There he is. Yeah, I guess, kind of, if you turn the uh, the belt into, I don't know, man, he's weird. Actually, he looks like one of the, the, the brother's blood from Spider-Woman. Okay, well, see, I thought it looked a lot like Drax, because, like, the way the, the head thing goes on him. I, I think I'm getting those villains right. It was a pair of villains that, that fought against Spider-Woman. Oh, that's the Brothers Grimm. Brothers Grimm, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's that looks kind of like one of the Brothers Grimm, you know, because, I don't know, I guess the pants make me feel like that, even though they probably didn't, They I think they were just in red and blue. But they had those skull masks, and the, the white face kind of looks like it. Well, I'll put up in the site. We'll let people decide. Yeah. But anyway, so they have the big fight in this living planet and destroy it, and Drax is out. Yeah. So we've got them fighting on the planet, and the planet's destroyed, and Drax is captured, and that's the end of the flashback. And now we're back to the present. Yeah, with that weird, I'm back from the flashback. And, I, you know, that's that's why I think that that last panel is the flashback within the flashback part. So to speak, I you know I kind of feel like the flashback did all of that and sent all that to him, and then because it's in that little thought bubble panel. Oh with, yeah, yeah, that next to last panel because then the last one is like the yeah the, the, like yeah the last one's the same Yeah, well I consider all that one panel, but you know myself, but it's I don't know. It just seems like that's just his piece there saying no, it. Cause, I agree. That that you're right. That is that him flashbacking. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> but then again, we've had, like, extra panels, not enough, arrows all over the place. Exactly. It's crazy 1970s stuff. Well, I sent you a copy of of this to, this next couple pages to, to look at, because this is halfway through the book, I guess, or whatever, or a little more than halfway, because then you get the, the insert that was in the middle back then of what's going to be on Saturday morning television. Oh, that's where that was from. That's right. I remember yes. that a while ago. The terrific ten. You get it's uh, what the it looks like the Jetsons, Pink Panther, the Hound Cats, Underdog, 
um, something called Talking with the Giant. Kids rap with a different famous guest each week on everything from dreams to space travel. Yeah. Around the world in 80 days, I do remember seeing at some point. So that must have hung out for another couple years. I don't remember that one at all. I vaguely recall that. I don't remember C-Lab 2020 either. Or the Barclays. <laughs> they're Americans. They're, 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 I don't know, they're, they're Brian Griffith's family. But it looks like they live with Cleveland. Yeah, I don't remember C-Lab 2020, but I do remember C-Lab 2021. I remember a few. I only remember that they had a, well, I, I vaguely remember the C-Lab 2021, and then... Yeah, that's from uh, Adult Swim on yeah. the network, when they, they basically took C-Lab 2020, you know, animation... And they started, yeah, and then just, yeah. And they screwed around with it and had fun with it. But anyway, I, I digress there, because now you get to find out that there's actually a plan in play to save Drax. Yes, Mentor and Isaac have a plan together. And, and and see, that's another thing I had, is that, yes, they have a plan, but later on, Drax is all like, hey, this was my plan. <laughs> but it doesn't look at all, at this point, like Drax has any knowledge of this. Well, it looks like it's a plan they had as long as he contacted Iron Man, which I guess is why he says, you know, they really told me about Iron Man. I guess they had this plan all along in case he was captured. Like, if you're ever on Earth, yeah, uh, Iron Man's an awesome guy because we have a yeah. plan that can work with him. I mean, he's the, he's highly skilled. I mean, what is Thor, he doing? At this point, work. he's riding around. Yeah, that's what I was like. Why don't you call it? Why not Thor? But why not? Gonna, you know, why not the century? <laughs> yeah, but then if he called Thor, Thor might not have needed Project Freedom. Yeah, Thor might be able to go screw this feedback and just bust them out anyway. Yeah, he'd be able to just channel lightning. But but yeah, yeah, but that's okay because Iron Man doesn't know about this plan, and he he breaks out from the Blood Brothers and zaps them. Yep, because he's and on his way. He's, he's going to get get find Drax and save him. And except he gets the uh, feedback on his ass yeah. and knocks yeah. down, and then Thanos has that nice intro. He just crunches his hand. It is. It's like here. I'm just going to tease you. I mean, or taunt you some more. You know, one way or the other. And that's what he does. He just comes in and it's like ha ha ha. I am Thanos. This is the first full full front appearance of Thanos, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this is full frontal Thanos. Yep. And also a very skinny Thanos as well. But he is he's in his classic garb that has not changed throughout the years, I don't think, really. Hardly, hardly at all. Pretty much. There might have been some slight tweaks to it, but for the most part, that's what he looks like. Although, like I his said, chins, he looks like he's, you know, Atkins diet Thanos. His chins are a lot more prominent now, too. Yeah. And you, you see eyes, and he, this whole thing, you just see, like, darkness where he has, should have eyes. It looks like he doesn't have eyes. Oh, man, yeah, because they're filled, like, black, soulless pits. Yeah, but I just want Thanos to eat a burger, because he needs to gain some weight here. But he see, does not look right to me. He needs more weight. Why do I waste my time gloating over such a primitive life form? And he even put the hyphen in that, too, just yep. to have that pause for dramatic effect. But there's also the Bob right before that. Yeah, that, that's, you were mentioning Bob before, and I looked through the whole page and was like, I don't see a Bob, but here it is. I, I guess Bob was just the thing everybody used back then, too. Yeah, I prefer that for the reserved for Doom. I like that like, yes. Doom thing. Oh, I love how Doom finds everything so trivial and beneath him. They do some really cool Doom stuff on that Avengers Assemble cartoon as well. But yeah, so 
Iron Man's captured again, but this one, Project Freedom comes in, where they apparently mentor and Isaac send some blast from Titan that shoots to Earth and happens to hit Iron Man exactly in his unibeam. Across the void at speeds undreamt of by Earth-born physicists. Yeah, that's pretty impressive <laughs> shooting. Dude, I had to, you know, there's, there's words that if I was a kid in here, I would have had to look up, like, what does physicist mean? You know, back when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess that's the whole thing they said about, you know, a lot of people saying they learned, like, things from reading comics. Oh, yeah. But just, that's enough to bust tracks free. Yeah, apparently it supercharges Iron Man's armor, at least for briefly. Now, I take it both of the Blood Brothers are the proper color in, that, in yours as well, because one of mine is green and his hand is half half brown. No, they're fine here. Yeah, I figured they'd recolor that, too. They're both, well, it's like he's taking on Drax's chameleon shape. <laughs> so Iron Man and Drax take out the Blood Brothers. Yep. I also have the letters page as well. Oh, I don't have that in here, so. I don't, I, I didn't really, really read any of them, but it's kind of neat. I've also got the little ads. Like, who else wants a He-Man body or oh, a marketplace? Learn cartoony at home. Hypnotize strangers, friends, relatives. And free $1 million cash. So I guess back before they would tell you that, you know, you had inherited a lot of money on email. This is how they did it. Dollar bargains. Ooh, dollar Newark, bargains. Newark, New Jersey. I bet you could roll right down there. You're oh. close to that, aren't you? Uh, well, I'm in New Jersey. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got to be close to it. You're just like a train ride away or something, right? It's like an hour or so away. Yeah, you have to check us out. Let's see. Here you go. Fool all your, are your, all your friends. Ugh, I lost that one there. Fool <laughs> all your friends. You'll get a million dollars worth of laughs. And these exact reproductions of old U.S. gold banknotes from 1840, I think they are. They're yours free when you send for our brand new fun catalog. Send only 25 cent coin. <laughs> no money orders, please, <laughs> for shipping. I think I have a quarter somewhere. I got to try that. I am, man. I'm going to have to cut that one out. Be taller. Learn to be a game warden. None of these are like the grit ones. Maybe at the back. We'll see. But anyway, I digress again. That's fine. The ads are good. The ads are entertaining. So, Blood Brothers... Blood, yeah, try that again. <laughs> see, I do it too. <laughs> the Blood... Uh, Iron Man and Drax win. Let's try that way. Yeah. Big page of them fighting now. I mean, they fought for... Let's see. How long? they He busted him out at the beginning of the... at Towards the end... Yeah, the beginning of the last page... So all through this page, and, then and the rest page. of the last page, and then another one after that, and then another one, another half a page before they finally have bested both of the of the Blood Brothers. And we could only get one panel of Drax and Thanos battling. <laughs> That's why I want I want a series of that. I want to see yeah, that. Yeah, that does need to be war. fun. But anyway, so Thanos, of course, is being a party pooper. Like I'm blowing everything up. Yeah, we're all dead. Screw it. And I mean, and knowing what I know of Thanos now, when I read this, I was just like, wow, Thanos even then was ready to destroy himself and everybody else in his nihilist attitude. But yeah, I know. But it ends up being a robot. So. And I'm trying to remember if he's used robots a lot since. I know they've established that Thanos has like genetically created, like I guess you could say, clones of himself. Uh huh. And so a lot of like some Thanos appearances have been the clones. Oh, like Monsoon. 
but I don't know if this one was. I don't. I, so I'm wondering. If, I'm not sure if they've done robots as well. I'm wondering if this is like yeah, the first time Starlin had the idea. And then like, okay, well then on the next page, you know, they after they realize it's a robot, they realize it's, there's also probably another booby trap because that's what Thanos does. And then you just get a full page of them having just escaped this huge blast. And I'm just so surprised that you didn't get them dodging through tunnels and stuff because oh. neither one of them knew how to get out. Both yeah. of them were unconscious when they were brought in. So well, why can't they be like doubling back and stuff going, oh, no, are we going to make it? I think that's because they realized, Starlin realized, oh, wait, I only have two pages left. Yeah, he went, I got two pages left and I got another half a day to get it done. Let's jump to that. Although I do say real quick, um, that last panel on the page before the explosion when Iron Man's holding uh, Thanos. Yeah. The, the Thanos robot. Uh huh. That looks a little wrong with the mouth open. <laughs> looks like a it looks like a Thanos love doll. Oh Lord, you had to go there. I haven't had yes, another drink yet, so I, I I don't know what to say yet. I haven't had a drink and I went there, so <laughs> be scared. And then we get to the last page where basically they uh, become friends. Yep, I owe you my life, Iron Man. See, it's like if he already knew this plan was going to go down, then why would he even owe Iron Man his life? He'd be like, you're but a pawn in in the great mentors plan, mentors Drax and Isaac's plans to make, to ensure that I destroy Thanos. I mean, cause I, I'd sort of got, you know, got the feeling that, you know, he was a lot more intelligent in this, of course, than the Drax I'd ever seen before. So, you know, I was just like, well, he's hanging out with these eternals. You know, I had to look them up cause I wasn't quite sure at first who they were at this point in time. And I guess really they weren't anybody. They were just aliens, but yeah, you know, they went on to become eternals. So, you know, when I get thinking about it like that, then, I'm like, well, he's probably pretty smart, you know. He's imbued with all this power and stuff from, you know, the god of the Eternals or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he he seems pretty smart, more smart here than later on. I have to wonder how smart he actually is because Arthur Douglas was a uh, played the saxophone. He was a musician. So Maybe that's why you heard music on the way up on the. Uh... Oh, because yeah. <laughs> if you remember in Warlock: The Infinity Watch, they did an episode uh, issue or two. You saw Drax playing the saxophone. Yeah. And that, that's why. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe Cronus increased his intelligence when he created him, or, you know, brought him back. Yeah. But, yeah, they part as friends. Yeah. Aw. Poor Tony's got to rest his transistors. <laughs> that just sounds dirty. He has so many different ways to recharge, it seems. I remember when he used to have to plug himself into the wall. Oh, I remember, the, yeah, the old Silverage stuff. Pull out the old... 120 outlet plug and then <laughs> jack in and sit there for about two hours. Batteries have gotten so much better, but those those little round discs that he that he used to use back then, those were the stuff, man. They had like an insurmountable amount of juice in them that he could just use to waylay enemies all the time. But yeah, that's your uh, that, that's the whole it's the whole kit and caboodle going through the whole thing. thing. Yeah, except for the. Uh, Except for the stuff on the end, uh, chop cycles. I don't remember chop cycles, but yeah, I don't see any any great ads. Eat the food you love and still lose weight. I guess for fat nerds, <laughs> this was ready for them. That'd be a good thing. And then you could get three big drafting kits. I don't know. They got some weird ads back then. Oh yeah, this marketing just. I can understand why a lot of these comics were were all like. Well, you know, next month we're probably not going to be in business. 
all the all the interviews I've I've heard from people of from the sixties and seventies writing and artists and stuff like that were always like they always thought that next year comics was going to be done. They're going to be gone. So why, you know, why, why do anything over and above? But I guess that's why they, you know, this is, this could be part of it. Maybe they just didn't market the right way. They marketed to anybody who would pay them. Yeah, it seems like it. You want to, you want to advertise here? No problem. I mean, well, most places will do that to a degree. You know, there's, there's certain spots you don't, you know, go into, but, uh, you know, just, I don't know. You know, you're, you're mark, you, you would think you would market more to kids than, than, you know, adults or, you know, teenagers of, of 17 to 25 or so, which just seems like what half of these ads are. But anyway, that's just, that's just my humble opinion on it. But anyway, and that's the issue. Yep. So, I mean, overall, I liked it. I mean, I had some, you know, issue, my main issues really were just the fact that I'm just not used to seeing Drax and Thanos so skinny. Yeah, and I, I don't. I just I, it was just it was nice for me to see Iron Man in classic look, you know. And and I'm not as you're the Thanos, you know, Drax expert out of the two of us. So, you know, I, I, I he was a lot more intelligent. I will say that. Yeah, I, I like him actually best. I'm liking him best the current version. He's smart, but he's not super smart. I'll have to check him out. He's more cunning and vicious, you know, but he's not an idiot. Well, I'll follow the podcast, so... Well, we'll get to, that'll be a while before we get to him, I think. Uh, will it? Uh, Maybe. Unless Thanos appears in anything with him currently. You know, or Warlock, I should say. Because otherwise, I mean, he didn't become that until 2005. So yeah, that's true. I'm still in 1972 with the Warlock series. It's going to be a little while before we get there. Well, that's okay. I'll be around for then. All right. <laughs> so, if anyone else wants to read this issue, this one has been reprinted a lot. There's a lot of ways you can read this. There is the Avengers vs. Thanos trade paperback. There is Essential Captain Marvel, Volume 2. Essential Iron Man, Volume 4. The Life and Death of Captain Marvel trade paperback. The Life of Captain Marvel trade paperback. The reprint series, The Life of Captain Marvel, number one. There's like a theme there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there was a reprint series called The Life of Captain Marvel, which reprinted a lot of the Captain Marvel vs. Thanos stuff, and some Thanos goes right from this issue to Captain Marvel. They included this in it. And then they reprinted the reprint series as the life of Captain Marvel. And then they included, then later on they included the uh, death issue, which is the life and death. But there's also Marvel Masterworks, Captain Marvel Volume 3. And finally, just in print form, of course, there is the Marvel Milestone Edition, which reprints Iron Man 55. And then there's a couple... Well, I was going to say, and of course, if, if you could get your hands on the old DVDs. I was about to get to the digital stuff. There's the yeah. Invincible Iron Man DVD-ROM, Volume 1, which is what I'm assuming you're using. Yeah. You can buy the issue on Comicology. It's available. And also you can read it, which is the one I'm reading, the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited website and app. They have it available on there. There's a lot of ways to find this issue. That is a mess of ways. Oh, well, uh, here's something else. Uh, if, if you want to find out more about the origin of Kronos, the Titans, um, things like that, they're actually done, uh, in the 1980 What If, I think it's number 23. It's What If Gwen Stacy Hadn't Died. It's a follow up feature. That's right, because they did a lot of backup stories in that old, like, What If and stuff. 
yeah, I was quite surprised at because I was like, man, I could actually dig that out. I think I have that somewhere huddled away in a box. <laughs> I love when they did those little stories back then, like, you know, we're going to do the origin of the Eternals here now. Yeah. Oh, I have, a, crazy stuff. I have a friend that's a big Eternals fan, Kazar, all the stuff that, uh, all the stuff Kirby did. That's where he, he loves all that stuff. So he's always telling me, oh, I found this, and Commandy, and things like that. Devil Dinosaur. Seesaws, yeah. 2001. But yeah, so uh, what else do we have to cover? Anything? All right. Well, we would cover Adam's Friends, which is what I cover. Um, what are the other series that Adam has appeared in? You know, what issue they're up to now. But this comes out, Iron Man 55 came out the same month as Warlock number four. So when we cover Warlock four on the podcast, we're going to cover that as well, which will be okay. episode 18. And um, we also go over what pow- new powers Adam has shown, but he's not here. So yeah. we don't worry about that. He's shown the power to have presence, but not be there. <laughs> he shows the power to not be there at all. Yeah. He shows the power to be home sleeping. Yep. All right, so we're going to go to email, because I do have an email to read in this episode. And I'm very excited about this. I was very excited when I got this email, because I have heard of this type of email for years, but I never received it myself. Oh, is it your penis can be enlarged by five inches if you take... No. Oh. Close. <laughs> Dear friend, I know that this mail will come to you as a surprise, as we have never met before. But need not to worry, as I am contacting you independently in my investigation, and no one is informed of this communication. I need your urgent assistance in transferring the sum of $11.3 million immediately to your private account. The money has been here in our bank line dormant for years now without anybody coming to claim it. I have never oh. got one of these emails before. Oh, my God. You're a millionaire and you don't even know it yet. Awesome. So how have, soon can you get the funds? I want to release the money to you as the relative of our deceased customer, the account owner, who died along with her supposed next of kin since January 31st, 2000. Wow, it's taken a long time to get to you, man. They must have done a lot of research. You better give them a little money for doing this. I would think so. <laughs> I have never, I've never got that email before in my life. You know, I don't. I don't know if I've ever gotten that email either. I've heard all about them, but I don't think I've ever. And I got, got it one. to the email, the podcast email. So I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what kind of crazy spam I get for my email <laughs> when I run that. Hi, everybody. This is Brian Christman, Shane Kelly, Adam Murdo, Matt, Chris Everly, Peter Rios, and we're from the Comic Geek Speak podcast. On May 2nd of this year, our friend and fellow podcaster, Jamie D'Alessandro, lost his battle with cancer. In honor of Jamie, we are participating in a 5K and 10K race to raise money for the Livestrong Foundation, which provides support for people with cancer. We will be taking part in the Team Livestrong Challenge, Philly, on Sunday, August 17th in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. We are collectively running and walking under the team name of Jamie's Avengers. If you'd like to join us in the event or make a donation to our team, go to Livestrong.org and search for Jamie's Avengers. Thank you all for your time and Jamie's Avengers Assemble! Well, speaking of that, we're on that part of the show. So, Chris, where else can people find you on the net? Oh, well, uh, you know, you'll you'll be with me doing the podcast at uh, InvincibleIronCast.com. Well, what's that? People don't know what it is yet. Oh, well, of course not, because uh, but it's actually sometime around when you hear this, uh, hopefully you will begin to hear our 
premiere episode of Invincible Ironcast. And uh, you can go to InvincibleIroncast.com and learn all about us. You can join the Facebook site. Uh, there's links to that as well as your podcast, the Resurrections podcast, and and some various other spots that, that we found helpful and useful in the course of making all of this. Yep. And like you said, I have a podcast, and you can email me at resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. You can also go onto the show's Tumblr page, which is resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, where I put up episodes if you want to download them from there, and also images from issues. So we'll have images from this issue, as well as uh, the picture of the humping robot, in case you want to see what that looks like, to compare it to the uh, robot from Thanos' army, and the uh, image of the original Golden Age Destroyer, if you want to see how much, whether he does look like Drax or not. Um, you can also find me on another podcast, Four Color Fanboys, which I do with my friend Brian Dino, who was co-hosted here on episode eight. That was a really good episode, too. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. And that was a lot of fun. We talk about whatever comic stuff we feel like talking about. And uh, you can find that on iTunes as well, or you can just find that at fourcolor.podwit.com. And finally, there's also one other show I do called uh, Podwreck. And you can find that at buckonstuff.com. And right now, the first few episodes, we were talking about the uh, most recent canceled TV sh- shows from this past season. Oh, I can't, I've got to go check that out then, because I only know of a few, I think, and I was kind of disappointed. There were a lot of shows I didn't even know existed that were canceled <laughs> recently. But yeah, so there's a couple ways to find us both. And like I said, you can listen to the show. Um, also, like I said, send me an email. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Uh, or, hey, you know what? Go to iTunes and give a review. I would love that. That'd be awesome, especially if it's a good one. Good reviews are always nice. And if you are also an African prince and would like to send money, you can send emails as well. <laughs> Who knows? We might get back with you. Exactly. That'd be great. I'm still trying to buy an island, and I'd really like to take this podcast to the next level, and I think millions of dollars could do that. I think millions of dollars can only help in anything you're trying to do. Millions of dollars can't buy can't buy you love, but it can buy you a lot of things on your way to find it. And like I said, yeah, there's a couple of sites that help us out. Um, I'd like to thank ComicBookDB and the Complete Marvel Reading Order, and you'll find links to those as well as any of the sites that helped us, and of course, the Invincible Ironcast and the other pod podcasts I'm on on the Tumblr page. So the links all there you can find. And I think we've got to the end. Yeah, thanks a lot. I've really enjoyed my time. No problem. Thanks for joining. I figured, hey, I had to cover an issue of Iron Man, so who else to call for it? Yeah, if, if you ever come across him in Iron Man again, <laughs> I'm, I'm your guy. Well, possibly during the Infinity Gauntlet or War, at least. Yeah. Well, you, you won't hear as, as good a synopsis out of me uh, on the Iron Cast. It's going to be Iron Man got the bad guy. Okay. <laughs> That'll be pretty much it. It'll be a fast one. Yeah. It'll be a lot faster. All right, so I'll be we'll be back here in about let's see, this is supposed to come out the first of August ish. So on or about the sixteenth of August, and I'll be covering Thanos Annual One. So be back then. Bye. Later. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, is a fan-made production and makes no money or claim of ownership 
of Iron Man, Thanos, the Humping Robot, or any of the characters or places discussed in this episode. Open music from this episode is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at www.free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at www.peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Remember to learn from Chris's example, kids. Always have a designated podcaster with you when you're drinking and podcasting. All right, it's recording again. Okay, I probably messed it up there. Um, well, I mean, I know I messed it up. The call disconnected. But I think I, at the same time, figured out how to make it work. That's good. Um, now let's see if I can bring up what I need to. So I had it all before. It was weird. So how do I sound now? Do I sound pretty good? I can oh, move yeah. the mic closer if, if I need to. No, that sounds great. I've got... I have a... I, I've placed a popping shield over top of it too i need to get one of those so uh i don't know how that'll work out but we'll see sort well i'm i'm hoping that i won't have to stop and go get an entirely different drink than what i have because i have decided to give myself the gusto i have the pineapple rum uh orange dream like it's it's a parrot bay it's a blender. You throw that and ice together, and, uh, and it tastes like an orange. You ever had an orange sickle? Oh, God, yeah. It tastes just like an orange sickle, I swear to God. And uh, so I started with that, and then I had this orange vodka that I've been drinking on now for about uh, two months, and I've always had a great time when I drink this orange vodka. And uh, so I went, well, I'll pour some of that in there. And I had some orange vanilla swirl ice cream. And I threw like one stick of that in there too, Ooh. or one scoop of that. I've done it with the with the orange sherbet and that, trying to, but it makes it way, way, way too sweet. So I figured maybe I'd go with something a little less sweet and not too much of it. But it's pretty good. But I, I tend it's very cold, so I'll tend to go. <laughs> <laughs> if I do it too much, you'll have to let me know. He's gonna be okay. in the cap. Him in the blood blood Yeah, I can't say their name right. <laughs> Blood yes, Brothers. If, if you look in the mirror and say Blood Brothers five times, they They'll appear. appear. <laughs> I, uh, I, do you realize, to this day, I cannot be in a bathroom and have the lights off without thinking, don't say Bloody Mary, don't say Bloody Mary, don't say uh, Bloody Mary. Have, have you ever seen the South Park episode where they're all at a sleepover and they say, uh, um, if they go, if you say P. Diddy five times, then he'll appear and try to shoot a cap. Or, or, yeah, I think it's him. Yes. And shoot a cabin. At the same time, the Legions of Hell are getting ready to have like an Academy Awards party or something. <laughs> and the PDD just wants to go. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's like Stan take him or something. It's hilarious. Plus, I just watched, I've uh, been running through Supernatural, so they did a uh, Bloody Mary episode in there as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Supernatural. That's but one anyway. of my favorite television shows of all time. Uh, it's a good show. We're running through that right now. We're on season two. 
Oh, you haven't even hit stride yet, my friend. Well, I've watched parts of three. I've watched most of three to five. But I then would, I, I, I just I lost tell, track of it. I would tell most people, I believe, at either season five or six. I can't remember which one because they kind of run together for me now. Uh, that's when they should have ended the series, and they didn't. They went ahead and did another one. And, and at the end of the season, I went, wow, this is pretty cool, and got hooked for the next one. And then it's just sort of been a cult love now for me. You know, I, I, could, I could watch episodes as long as they make them. Yeah, well, season five or six, I forget which, that's when the creator left, the showrunner, Kripke. That's when uh, he left, and that's when they, he wanted to end the show, but they can, that's why he left. I lost you. I'm very sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. I'm still trying to learn how to use Windows 8 properly. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I try to minimize things, and I accidentally close them because it's, you have to grab it from the top, and then it makes it, it minimizes it, so to speak, and then you pull it over to the to the to the bottom right to close it, and I always want to do that because I'm so used to doing that normally because I just close stuff when I'm done with it and I bring it back up later. Yeah. And what I'm actually, I actually have to do is I have to hit the start button to go back to my desktop, which holds you know the, the comic issue and notes I've got and all that. And Yeah, I was just like, oh, I, I did finish my drink, though. That could be part of it. <laughs> it was a very good drink, too. Well, that's 